I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and we are back um i am with my co-host my cohort crime my magneto renwa lux hello (laughs) and i am i have been uh you're the one that picked that one. That was all you. You picked Magneto. Um, you keep saying yeah. teen crime, and everybody knows Magneto's good now. He's part of the X-Men. <laughs> Maybe I should... What, what, it's not Quicksilver. It's um, the Scarlet Witch. Maybe I should just call you the Scarlet Witch. Oh, God, no. I don't want to be her. The daughter of Magneto. The mad daughter. No, the crazy daughter of Magneto. Um, but yeah, uh, we've been gone away for, uh, for about a month. Um, and, and that was due to me being very, 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 very ill. And I was in the hospital and I'm getting over it and I am back and happy to report that I am on the mend. So yay. yay. Um, yes, I am very happy not to be dead. Um, we, uh, so we, uh, have a lot to talk about this episode. We don't have a guest tonight, but we can definitely make up for it with all the stuff that we have to talk about tonight. And um, the first thing that we have to talk about was um, the latest episode of Game of Thrones because some deep stuff went down and there was lots of butts and lots of bathing (laughs) to be had. True. Um, The episode, yeah, well, I call the episode Ass and Baths, um, but the actual episode's name is Kissed by Fire. Which, um, if you watch the scene with Jon Snow and Egret, um, you probably know what they're referencing. It's because yeah. she's got red hair. And he Sorry. kissed her down <laughs> there. That's what I was talking about. Never mind. Um, but there was a lot of stuff. Actually, that, that's a good title for this episode because there was... Um, a lot of stuff going on. I am still, I'm still working through the books because, as you know, you they're the size of bricks and you could build a house with them. Um, but I really, really enjoyed this episode. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, um, one thing that I really loved is uh, Nikolai Koster Waldru. I hope I'm saying that all right. He's 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 our beautiful Jamie Lannister. Uh, he had one of the best scenes. I think in the whole show so far with that um, talking to Brienne about why he really killed the king and what was going down and no one realizes how much of a hero he actually is. Right. And it was, that was a great scene and it was beautiful to see Brienne actually care. I mean, she actually, that, that was some great acting on both their parts and it was, just a beautifully done scene and I, I really really loved it um that was one of my favorite parts of course you know Jon Snow was no longer uh pure as Snow after Egret got her <laughs> way good for her you go girl um and uh the other part of this episode uh that I really liked too was my pimp was in it and um my pimp he could tell something's up with uh with uh, Sansa, and it was it was he's so sleazy. I love I love my pimp, um, Peter Baelish. Okay, I love that guy. Oh God, I hate when you people as your pimp. That's just- he's my pimp. There's my imp, and there's my pimp. 
and my pimp is the pimp. And uh, that was a great little scene, finger? too. I, I, I love Littlefinger. Yeah, Peter Bailey. Peter. Um, that was a great scene. But, of course, the penultimate part of this episode uh, was, you know, we had our Daenerys uh, showing, um, you know, the with her unsullied horde. She's um, working with her, her soldiers and everything. But the, the best part, too, of this episode definitely was you don't F with Charles Dance. Tywin Lannister is the leader of the Lannisters and the biggest badass of the show for a reason. And I... I loved that scene where um, they're finally getting to some of the meat of the story with Tyrion, which is he is going to have to marry Sansa. And I love that. Hilarious and sad and and awesome. But the best, but the best part was the fact that you see Cersei's like, (laughs) (laughs) Loras, which is worse. (laughs) <laughs> the so worst right. pairing ever and ever um, I, I, I and i loved comes, i love that it comes after the episode where she sits in front of her father and says have you ever considered that the only one who was listening to your teachings was your daughter you know trying to make him understand that she's you know the only one who's really the loyal lannister and he puts her in her place by saying, you're not nearly as clever as you think you are, which you think is slam enough. But no, he's going to have her marry Loras. That is oh, oh, so much fun. So I, and much and, fun. It, and it's, I love the fact that you know he knows that his two kids have been getting it on. You can tell. He's like, so. but do you think he even knows that Loras isn't into girls? I mean, I, oh, I, I, I'm sure he knows. He knows I, all. He's so awesome. And I love the fact that, you know, she's giggling about Tyrion having to marry Sansa, and then it's like, Oh, and then, of course, yeah. Yeah. So I have expected Tywin to just look at them and go, sucks to be you, sucks to be you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much that's what he did. You know, he swirls out of there in in just wonderful, wonderful Charles Dance fashion, and and basically like, up yours, you know, basically flipping the bird, take that, kids. children. Yes, you know, and I loved it. That was so great. That whole episode it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, so, yay, Game of Thrones. Uh, now, the other show that I had to talk about that is quickly becoming my favorite uh, series uh, on network television. Hannibal. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say Once Upon a Time. <sighs> no, no, I... I I still like Once Upon a Time, but Hannibal has, um, they really need to, to they're, they're, they're working on, um, they only have like one episode, one or two episodes left of Once Upon a Time this season, and then they're going to go into their spinoff, which is Once Upon a Time in uh, Wonderland, and then they're going to actually work through, it's kind of a neat trick, because they have the ability to do this. Um, once Upon a Time is going to have, in the interim of seasons, a, a, a mini-series, kind of a short series spinoff every season in a different land so they're gonna have once upon a time neverland they're gonna have once upon a time in oz and they can do that because um i think all of these are in like public domain once upon a time hawaii once upon a time (laughs) you know csi's already done that you can't i know know, but i i enjoy it and they have the they have some good writers on the show but hannibal hannibal is just awesome and i please people you need to watch the show the ratings slipped a little bit i know it's on late but it's so so good and has some great acting in it and the and this last episode i it's kind of interesting how they're all named um after food courses or food mm-hmm. um uh That's like fun. entrees <laughs> and it's uh it's kind of interesting um this last episode uh, like the next episode is going to be sorbet, and actually they had to do uh, some uh, switching, which is what they did with um, uh, some other series on network television because of the bombing, and mm-hmm. which was um, sort of depressing. Uh, they had to do that at all, but I believe this one was called um, Coquilles, Coquilles, and Coquilles <laughs> was. An interesting episode because, and a, a note for Fire 
Butterfly fans and fans of Fishburne and his wife, Gina Torres, because I believe this is the first time they've ever played husband and wife in something together. Uh, The Matrix doesn't count because he wasn't playing um, Morpheus' wife. Uh, So, and it was interesting because I completely forgot this about um, uh, the character of of, uh, Jack Crawford's wife. she actually, her name's Bella, her, her real name's Phyllis, I believe is what she was, but Bella was his pet name for her. But I forgot in Sons of the Lambs, they mentioned that she died of cancer. And, and so in this episode, this is the episode where you, they both, well, she's already found out, but uh, he finds out she's got cancer and it's stage four. And what's interesting is that the serial killer that they're after in this episode has a brain tumor and he's dying of cancer as well. And it's a very neatly woven plot and it has a lot to do with death and the fear of death. And um, it's beautifully shot. And Gina Torres and Lawrence Fishburne do some amazing acting in this. Hugh Dancy is amazing too. I mean, the whole cast is great. Uh, there's not one lacking person in the entire show. Um, but this, it was so beautifully shot and, and the creep factor of the, the killer in this um, is he finds, he, he, because of the brain tumor, he thinks he has the ability to see the evil within people. And he starts off doing a thing where he changes them into angels and by which that means he cuts their backs open and flays their skin out to where they have wings and uh, it's uh, it's really creepy because say, this I, one I keep forgetting to catch I keep forgetting to catch up on the show um, the night that they replayed the uh, first episode I was headed out the door and I could only watch the first eight minutes, but it was riveting. A riveting eight minutes. It was really, really entertaining. Oh, it's it's beautifully shot. And and it is done by the guy that did um uh Brian Fuller who did uh Pushing Daisies. So if you love that gorgeous use of color that guy does and how he's able mm-hmm. to make everything look like a movie, this mm-hmm. is the, the the show for you. I mean, it's really, really beautifully done and well acted. Um, I think you can actually watch thing... all the episodes on NBC.com. Oh, great. I'll head there. The only thing I noticed, and this is coming from a total Hannibal, like, noob. I've never read the books or anything like that. I've only seen the one film. Um, the the guy in the first episode the dete- the guy that's not well is he I can't remember if he was a detective anyway but the main character who's going to be the foil against Hannibal um Will Graham. he was just really Holmesian I mean the kind of you know detached nature and the distaste for human interaction I found that uh, kind of annoying to see that yet again in a in a, well, a you know a protagonist detective um well the thing but, is that that character is like that in the books. He's, that's what I figured it in, must be. He yeah. must be that way in the book, and so that's why they're playing in that way. Um, but, you know, I got but over he's it not, quick he's not. because the writing was very smart, and he was very good. Well, and the thing is, too, that character, how they've got him in this show, um, he's... This is even further back than the first book that you see. This is really his beginnings with... Hannibal and um, because in Red Dragon he's already dealt with him he's already captured him because he's the guy that captures Hannibal Um, but what happened before that was all this history between the two of them because he became Will's shrink plus the two of them worked together on cases and the thing with Will is he's he is um, he's very much like uh, an autistic almost um, uh uh, psyche where he's empathetic to the point that he can absorb in and figure out the, the reasoning behind these serial killers and that's that's the darkness and that's that fine line that he has to walk um, with and, and the, the sad part is uh, you've got Jack Crawford Lawrence Fishburne's character who needs him to help find these guys because he's so good at it because he can become them and that's what mm-hmm. happens that there's some great 
great scenes in this in the show where that happens and you see will become these men and you see him actually carry out the crimes and that's because he's getting into their brains but it drags him down to this dark place and that's why he doesn't want to be around people and it's funny because he's got he's able he he attracts all these stray dogs so when they show his house he's got like 10 dogs and they're all different <laughs> breeds and things that have just become attached to him and they come to him for some reason he he attracts these well, strays and that's really oh, intriguing because i mean if we know that uh that he goes to this dark place if that's what everybody knows his future is it would be very intriguing to watch you know the descent and kind of see the you know see the chips fall away one at a time um since we all know what he's going oh, yeah. to become, oh, yeah. those of us that are aware of his character. So that's cool. That's, well, I, that's and, and the thing is, he doesn't I think become it's, a serial I, I killer, the but he episodes. breaks. Yeah, it's you'll love it. I mean, this is a show. It, 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 you will absolutely love this show because of the, the criminal... The, the criminal... The criminal uh, dissection that goes on <laughs> and... The and... The criminal dissection that goes on within the show, and just the the um, the psychoanalyst analyzing that goes on within the show too. It's it's really smartly written and brilliant, and I, you really should read all the books. You'd love the book, especially well, I Red Dragon. The, I can tell the show was great in the first eight Yeah, well, and, and it gets better. And the thing that I really love about it is the fact that you see this friendship go on and you see Hannibal he um, he's almost wanting to see how far he can pull it, it's really funny it's almost like he's trying to make Will into a killer but at the same time he doesn't want to it's really interesting to see this chess game that he's playing with these people because he's also playing it with Jack Crawford he's got all these people played thinking that he is just a regular old shrink and he's so not and um uh it's uh it's really really interesting and uh you really enjoy it and i can't say enough about it i want people to watch it because i want it to be around it's so so good and i don't want it to turn into like another pushing daisies that ends up you know canceled before it's time it deserves it agreed if only i had a nielsen box at home i could help well, and also, don't forget, um, this Thursday, which I guess is tonight when this airs, um, uh, ah, ah, or Eddie Izzard, <laughs> thank you, I, I blanked on the name, Eddie Izzard is playing a uh, uh, serial killer in it. Oh, I can't so. wait to see Eddie Izzard in serial killer. Yeah, I want- he's pretty. <laughs> he's hilarious. Is though he's like my favorite stand-up comic, and I just wish that it, he could do like play himself from the '80s in something like a comic <laughs> version of himself in the '80s as the serial killer. I just think that'd be hilarious. Full makeup, that would be the most, girly outfit, be the most heels, awesome serial killer ever. <laughs> yes, and then walk up to a victim and say, "Cake or death." <laughs> Cake. <laughs> Wrong, death, <laughs> and stabs oh, them okay. with a uh, hair pick. <laughs> um, so moving on, uh, I uh, bringing back a little segment that we had um, a while back. And Ren, you may be interested in some of this stuff because you may not know that it is available. Um, what you streaming? Um, our Netflix ah, edition. Yeah. Uh, Number one, I have to tell everybody about, if you have not watched it yet, you need to. All 13 episodes, I believe it is, are up for you to view Hemlock Grove. I really enjoy it. Um, it's that the Eli Roth. That's an actual Netflix original series, isn't it? Correct. Eli Roth ah. directed it, and um, it's got Dugray Scott, Faith Jansen, Bill Skarsgård, who is Alex's brother. Um, and it's a very, very interesting show. Uh, it's sort of a, oh, I don't want to say a Dark Shadows type. It's more, it's just a bizarre show. Um, and it's based off of a, a novel of the same name, which you can get, um, in at Barnes and Noble or via, uh, iTunes download. And, uh, it's a very, very interesting show. It's, uh, just, 
I don't know what's going on quite yet. I'm part of the way through. I haven't watched all of them. Um, I was sort of watching them when I was convalescing at my house and uh, got into it, tried to stay awake, but I was really sick. Um, but it's a really, really good show and beautifully filmed. And the uh, werewolf transformation that we posted on Fangirl Magazine, as well as made the rounds around online, is one of the most awesome ones I've seen in a while. His eyes pop out of his head and mm. it's just really interesting. Um, and I love, you know, Dugger Scott is great in everything he's in. He always makes everything better. Faint Jansen's doing some sort of faux British accent. Um, Bill Skarsgård is doing his best impression of his brother Alex. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's just an interesting, weird show. And uh, I really enjoy it for what it is. And it's fun. And um, you should check it out. It's uh, all 13 episodes are up there. And uh, yeah, definitely check out him like Grove. Uh, also, they've added the film Paranorman, which a lot of people may not have seen, didn't get a chance to check out when it was released um, uh, last year. It's a really awesome um, uh, stop motion animation uh, film that is uh, an homage to horror lovers everywhere. It even starts out with like an old school grindhouse beginning, which was great. And it's a beautifully done um, stop motion animation. The whole movie's up there now. You can uh, watch Paranorman. The other one I wanted to mention that some people may not have seen. It's been a while. Um, It's been out for a few years, but they've added it to streaming on Netflix is The Man in the Iron Mask with Gabriel Byrne, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's an awesome version of the story. And uh, if you are getting in the mood for The Great Gatsby, which is coming out soon, uh, this is a gr- uh, one of uh, Leo's, one of the best movies I think he did. I've seen this film probably, God, I've probably watched it like 20 times. It's one of my favorite uh, versions of that story. And, and all of those great, Dumas, you know, uh, books. I love this movie. There's so many good people in it. Uh, not only Gabriel Byrne and and Leo, but um, I think Gerard Depardieu's in this one, and uh, Jeremy Irons in, is in this one. Uh, oh yeah, and John Malkovich. Everybody's in it. I mean, I'm in it. I didn't even know. Uh, but yeah, Hugh Laurie's in it. <laughs> it's got everyone Mm. so it's a great great version of the story and really should check it out beautifully filmed i can't even remember who directed it oh that's why randall wallace uh uh it's uh just a great great movie and you should totally check it out uh also for those of us who like um ian glenn who stars in game of thrones they have added his um his TV series that he did in Britain called Jack Taylor. If you enjoyed Wallander, which is the one that Kenneth Branagh did and had uh, Tom Hiddleston in it, uh, you will love uh, Jack Taylor. A bunch, <laughs> a bunch of these guys um, have done TV series over in Britain, and most of them are like crime procedurals, which is interesting. Uh, but yeah, you should check it out. It's a, it's a great show, and he's really good in it. And he's totally, um, he's Irish in that, and it's a, it's a great show. Um, speaking of crime procedurals, uh, they've actually added the entire first season of Copper to Netflix. And if you're oh, like right. me, and you've been trying to catch them, yeah, BBC America. Um, the new season is starting yes. soon. Uh, here's your chance to catch up on the first season. It's all up there now. And it's it's a really great show. And it's very dark. Dark show. And uh, really enjoyable. So check out Copper. That just got added. I mean, like, really, I think it just this week or last week got added to Netflix. And the other show that um, just got added, which for those of you who um, loved Fringe when it was on, on uh they have added the um the tv series that uh the star fringe john noble hosted on on the science channel called dark matters twisted but true and it's uh stories of science on the dark and ragged edge of human understanding where experiments can be ethically controversial and the results can be mind-blowing so it's like a real life wow um, 
fringe hosts. And it's a, a no matter like what else that man has ever done. No matter what else he's ever <laughs> he's done, gonna he's still going to just be Denethor, the steward of Gondor. That he will always be Denethor, I know, he's, the I was steward say, of he's Gondor, be, to me for the rest of the rest of the He's always going to be the steward of Gondor. There's nothing to do <laughs> for it. It's just going to be the truth. Leave, leave for your yeah. lives. I love that part. <laughs> well, what's interesting is. Um, uh, the Science Channel and uh, the other one that my husband, which I should probably be concerned about, but then again, I'm watching them with him. So we should be just like eyeballing one another and wondering when it's going to happen. Uh, Investigation Discovery has like a ton of these. They've added to that um, to Netflix streaming. All of these shows that they have on invest investigate and, and that's their little catchphrase. It's like their Sega. It's uh, investigate. Um, they uh, they've got the I think it's called the shift, and then they're stalked. Someone's watching, like all of these true crime recreation shows, and they're like crack. You just sit there and you start watching them, and you can't stop. And it's it's pretty funny. Um, so uh, it, they have all of those up there too. So if and and the thing is, if you say you like one and you want to add one to your instant queue, they'll they'll mention all of them to you and ask you if you want to add them. It's kind of yeah. ridiculous, and then people will think you're a a serial killer on the make. <laughs> I boycott. I don't like this guy's channel anymore. Oh, it's Investigate Discovery. It's not the Discovery Channel. It's all their offshoots which are, are what they should be all the time, but Discovery's become its own weirdness. But um, ah, the, okay. the investi- investigate, yeah, it's, yeah, all these genre ones, like they have their own little offshoots and they're better than regular Discovery. So you've got Investigate Discovery, which is all your true crime stuff. And then you've got um, your uh, science channel, which is, they've got Firefly on there. They've added Firefly oh, and... and then they have I love the, Firefly, but that's not science. All right, so let's talk about some game stuff real quick, and then we're going to move on to our uh, movie segment. Um, but there are at least three awesome games that you need to be made aware of, and Ren, two of these will be a particular note to you as an iPad owner. Are you interested? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I felt it was a given. It was a given. My bait, my breath was baited. Okay, okay. So first of all, um, on iTunes right now, you can get a retooled, updated version of the original Baldur's Gate for the iPad. Um, oh my God! Sorry. Yeah, and it's like less than ten dollars. I think it's nine ninety nine, and um, oh it is retooled for the iPad. Um, it's got great graphics. It's Baldur's Gate, just like you had on the PC, only you can carry it in the palm of your hand everywhere with you. And it's well worth it. It's, it's, um, and they're doing updates to it all the time. So if you are an old school RPG fan, and uh, most people I know that are absolutely love Baldur's Gate, you really should just buy it. That it's totally worth awesome. It's totally worth the money, too. Um, the other um, game that is now out for the iPad or iPhone is called The Nightjar. And it was just released this week. And for those of us who are in absolute and epic love with the man known as Benedict Cumberbatch, if you want to hear his dulcet voice speaking into your ear ever so softly for the entirety of a game, you want to get The Nightjar. It is a very interesting game. And what it is, um, it basically is all based around sound. And you put headphones on and you you go into the game. And uh, you have to follow Benedict Cumberbatch's character tells you what you need to do to save your life. You're left alone, stranded on this slowly deteriorating spaceship called the Nightjar. And he is trying to save you. His ship is one day away. And you have to follow his instructions. And it's brilliant because you're basically in darkness. And uh, into darkness. <laughs> 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 I Sorry. saw what you did there. 
So I did. Um, and it's really, really an interesting take. And the, the uh, sound design is brilliant. It's really well done. You need to listen to it with headphones. It's $4.99. And if you're a fan of Cumberbats and just interesting games and innovative ways of using an iPad or an iPhone to game with, this is a game you should pick up. That sounds really uh, cool. Yeah, it's called The Nightjar, The Nightjar, Nightjar, all one word. Um, and it, it is available on iTunes right now. The last game that I want to tell you all about, which I am, it is my new crack. And it is so much fun. And it is the best $5 you can spend on Steam. And that is Poker Night 2. And the reason Seriously? I... The reason I'm saying Poker Night 2 is the best $5 you can spend on Steam is the game is you playing poker with Brock Sampson, Ash from Evil Dead, uh, Claptrap from Borderlands, and Sam and Max, as well as your, your dealer is Gladys from Portal and Portal 2. Oh, that sounds fantastic. It is awesome. And... It's all. It's not Bruce Campbell doing the voice of Ash, but the guy is a good sound alike, and it is Brock Sampson. It is uh, Patrick Warburton doing the voice of Brock Sampson, and Gladys. Gladys yeah, everybody Robert. else is everybody's voice except for I believe um, uh, the the sound alike for Bruce Campbell, and he does a really good job. And it what's brilliant about this is as you play. The interplay between these characters is great, and you can buy them drinks and get them more progressively drunk, so you can tell <laughs> their their um, their tells. And then the other part of it that's so much fun is as you go, you win, and you 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 can win um, bounties, and um, you get you can win things from these characters that you get to keep. Like you can win the Necronomicon from Ash, or you can win the orb from Brock Samson. And it's it's brilliant. And then you win tokens that you can use to purchase like chips, cards, felts. They call it felts. And so of course as I'm I played it to the point where I was able to get everything Army of Darkness. And so you're playing in this there's the the um the uh, windmill in the background, they changed everything around you to like, like it's themed around Army of Darkness. And then like um, when you eliminate a character from the, when they bust out, uh, Max starts reading the Necronomicon and the book comes over and eats them. And it, it's, it's nice. so awesome. It is so much fun. And you just sit there and like, I've spent an hour and a half just playing poker, just listening to these guys and, and, um, is brilliant. So it's five bucks and it's so much fun. I can't begin to tell you. And Brock Sampson and Ash. I mean, come on. And Gladys, who just pops out of nowhere and says, you, you, I most, you know, like these little just smart ass, snarky ass comments. They're good. I would expect that of Gladys. I was going to say, does she make little quips about, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Oh, it's, there's some good ones. It's, it's pretty brilliant. I'm waiting for you something the time somebody I to ask to kill you. I was just kidding. <laughs> or was I? But uh, so anyway, those are my picks for games. You guys, um, you really should look into them, especially if you're an Army of Darkness, Evil Dead fan. It's it's just so much fun. It's so you get to play poker with Ash. I mean, come on. Um, so anyway, yep, poker. Now we're talking. Hello. Hello. That's Sorry. a game I uh, bought for five bucks. <laughs> strip poker with Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Hell, I'd take him that way now. He's the filth. He's a filth. Oh, baby. Um, <laughs> Damn you, Campbell. Um, moving on. So, um, Ren went and saw Oblivion. And uh, what's funny yeah. to me about that movie, you went and saw it, but I figured out the plot from the first trailer that I saw. I didn't even see so the movie. I figured you, out the plot first trailer. Before we start talking about it, are we allowed to give it away? Like when we talk oh, about hell this? Yes. I kind of do to talk totally. about give it, I, Okay, so beware. Uh, if you haven't seen the film and you plan on it, we're going to give away Spoilers. Yes. Spoilers. Okay. So you <laughs> guessed from the trailer that the Tet was alien? I... I realized from the trailer, one, that he was a clone, and two, it's all bullshit, and uh, there's well, people controlling him, most bullshit. likely that, aliens. That was, yeah, I, I, yeah, but I, the minute I looked at my, I looked at Troy, 
But how did you call that he was a clone? I thought that was a great twist. Very moon-like, I, but still great. I looked over at Troy and said, he's a clone. Oh, I, I, I seriously, I, I was like, he's a clone. I, it's, it's the same way I figured out identity from the first five minutes of the movie. I said, they're all, I, I don't know how I knew it, but I knew they were all figments in the guy's head. And I just knew from this trailer, I'm watching it. I'm like, this, I, that, I know that movie. I know that movie. I know, he's a goddamn clone. That's why I told Troy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other, the other thing that I picked up from that, um, well, I looked, over at him and I asked my husband how many times has Tom Cruise played a guy named Jack because oh, I, I thought it was I thought it was more than 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 the three I guess he's played in a Jack three times but no, it's, it's no I looked I looked I actually was like you know what I'm gonna look he's played a character only named Jack twice that's all his name that's it his Jack and then he played Jack Reacher so he's played a Jack three times but twice mm only Jack. But anyway, well, I had a last name. This guy's name was Jack Harper. He had a last name. Oh, uh, okay. I, okay, so he has a last well, name in this. But here's my complaint about Jack. It wasn't the number of times that, that Tom Cruise has played Jacks, but the number of lead actors named Jack in films that came out this year. You should count <laughs> those. That's upsetting. And I think I ran it either on Twitter or Facebook somewhere, and I just want to scream at all the Hollywood screenwriters. There are other names than Jack, for F's sake. Christ. Sorry. Well, so the one thing that... Seriously, it's like, that's oh, the only hero's name. We're just going to name him Jack if we wanted to be heroic. Oh, Jack, so the, yeah, Jack the Giant Slayer. Well, the thing that, that Now, granted, you probably couldn't have gotten was... away with naming him Stan. That probably wouldn't have worked. Right, right. Now, the thing that, that, that I've been told about this movie, and I would like to find out from you if you agree, is that it basically took, and, and from the trailer I got this too, I mean, it looked like they'd taken six already created science fiction films and basically took bits from each of them and put them in one movie. Pretty much. Yeah, and and one of them, like you said, was Moon, and the other was Independence Day with the yeah. uh, the way that yeah, and then flying into the ship you know, with the bomb. Yeah, and you know the one thing that I found interesting when I was watching what I saw from this film, uh, the bits I've seen, it it, it reminded me, funnily enough, a Portal. It, some of this stuff looked like it came oh, really? from Portal, like the the design. Dude, looked, you know what the, it reminded the me of. Stuff. What it reminded me of is because my boyfriend and I are playing Fallout Three, <laughs> and there's like there's like aerial shots of the Capitol and the and the what the Lincoln Memorial and all that kind of stuff in the background. So that was very Fallout Three. Yeah, well, the the the, the ship and stuff. I don't know why, but it made me think of Portal, and I guess it's because the the white and the clear, and I don't yeah, know the white and the clear. Yeah, I, I guess it's just, you know, nothing was safe. They took it from everything the, they could find. The ship and, that he flies around was stinking cool. I mean, like, there is no way around it. That was, like, worth seeing the film was that that ship was awesome. And also, collapsible <laughs> motorcycle. Want one really, really bad. That was that was pretty stinking cool, too. I was happy with, I was happy with the tech, like a lot happy, because not only, it didn't look too fanciful that it was stupid, but it looked just futuristic enough to be really effing cool. Uh, I was really happy with, uh, even like the architecture of that weird little building that they live in, it wasn't, again, it wasn't like outrageously stupidly fanciful, but it was futuristic enough to be totally believable. Um... I liked all of it except oh visually yeah visuals fantastic the stuff I wasn't as wowed by was the characters well they they, Maybe they you know it's Tom Cruise even Tom Cruise in in just the trailers and stuff looked like he was playing Tom Cruise again well of course there's a lot of movies where Tom Cruise yeah. is just Tom Cruise but some of that is just marketing <laughs> there's, there's a lot of marketing in just marketing Tom Cruise a lot of people go see movies just for him but like my this, this is I found something really really odd I don't jump on this train very often like if you know me this is not something I bandy about I am a fan I am a girl but I don't wave the girl fan flag 
but I will wave it this one time and say that my one true disappointment in this film is that both the female characters were idiots. And they were really disappointing, particularly the one who's supposed to be his wife. I mean, for one, she's like a third his age, which is just gross. And she's wafy and helpless and, and has no gumption. And we're supposed to believe that she's an astronaut? I mean, like, we're supposed yeah. to believe that she's got the capability and the drive and the, and the you know, physical and mental strength to, to be that kind of, a, of an individual, to be sent out on a mission to, to, sc to scout Titan. And she, you know, she just gets shot. <laughs> like, well, and you know, job. you know what's be hot. You know what's like, funny. Do, do two things: be hot and get saved by Jack. That's her two jobs, and that kind of pissed me off a little. Well, you know what's funny is you say that, and there was a big, there was like uh, running around the internet um, the week that movie came out was a ar an article talking about how men and women in Hollywood, the double standard where. The men in Hollywood get older, like Clooney and Cruz and Johnny I Depp, saw that. who's actually it was interesting yeah, photographic. yeah, who's actually he's complained about it. Like he said, when I had to kiss Kira Knightley in Pirates of the Caribbean, it felt like I was kissing Creepy. my daughter. Creepy. And he he did not like that. Now, give Johnny props. He did a movie called Chocolat, where he was the same age. Age is the lead actress who was in her late 30s, early 40s at the time when the movie came out. And they were the same age, which is brilliant and should be. But right. Tom Cruise, on the other hand, his, he's like half his, his, more than twice. I don't know yeah. what that, that girl's age was, but she, she just looked really stinking young. And I, I mean, think he was like 24. Credit where credit's due. Like Tom Cruise, whatever age he is, I know he's not a, the youngest man anymore. He looks fantastic. I think he's 50. Credit where credit's I, due. But yeah. I, but I still like Joshua and I were in the theater and we were looking at each other every every time they had to like stop the film to show us that Tom Cruise is still a, an attractive male, so that we can have a little you know what a, not actual sex scenes thank god but you know romance scenes between his two leads it's uh, there's like at least three moments in the film where i'm going why like you could have no. cut all of that out and still had a fantastic movie and still had the character development that you were trying to get by throwing hot women at us for no or, or really actually rather throwing hot women at tom cruise for no particular reason i will forever ever say that that sex scene in Rock of Ages is the most awkward effing thing I've ever watched with <laughs> him and I didn't even see that. I'm not ever going to see that it looks terrible oh. <laughs> but he is 50 he is 50 years old he is 50 God. Yeah. Um, so moving on from Oblivion so I don't know I'm just saying that's not to say I hated it. I did enjoy it. If you're like a real sci-fi fan who enjoys some real great um, renderings of potential futures, this was a cool one. It looked really, really good. Um, just don't expect to be blown out of the theater with excitement. Um, I, and that's kind of what I've heard. It's 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 enjoyable, but it's not anything special because it's made of many yeah. different parts of other films. Yeah. Uh, I wish they hadn't stuck... I'm sorry, I have to dwell on this for one more second. Yeah, no Do you wish they hadn't stuck a giant red howl eye on the inner tet in the tet? When they finally got into the core, they get into the core of this uh, <laughs> shape, which I also have a complaint about. They get into the core of it, and there's a floating, you know, triangle shape. And they stuck huge eyeball, red eyeball that looks like how on it. And it's supposed to be terrifying. I feel like I bet money, I bet you money that it was written to be completely black and smooth and featureless. And that the studio said that's not scary enough, stick an eyeball on it. But I swear to you, if that had been black and featureless and just there, ten times more frightening, more, more chilling than a stupid yeah, but shape with an eyeball on it. <laughs> It wouldn't be ripped off from another film. <laughs> exactly. That too, that too. Okay. Last gripe. Last gripe. Do you, I, and maybe I can't even bring this up because I haven't Googled it yet. I, I could be wrong. Someone correct me. I believe Tet 
is the actual denomination for five. Because well, you got duo for two, tri for three, quad for four. And if I'm not mistaken, and I really should have Googled it before I started saying this, tet is five. Which, if that's true, is very upsetting. Because that stupid shape only has four sides. <laughs> that's just the things that I think about in the cinema. That's hilarious. Um, so we're getting ready to get into the summer movie season. Like it's this week, it's Iron Man. As of this airing, I'm going to be going to the nine o'clock IMAX Iron Man on Thursday. Um, so, which is when the show airs and I've already got my Star Trek into darkness tickets. And, uh, uh, if you go to fangirlmagazine.com, fangirlmag.com, we have um, posted the latest clip from Star Trek into darkness which uh, I actually picked up on something uh, that I don't think even my my Wrath of Khan has been seen 257,000 times. Husband, I brought it up to him. He's like, oh, I didn't even, uh, I wasn't even putting that together with that. Um, in this scene that they've released of Kirk talking to John Harrison slash Khan, he says that they have 72 reasons that are already on the Enterprise. That is the number, actually, of cryo... Um, chambers that were active on the Botany Bay in Space Seed. That's a very Ooh. telling number. It's a right telling number. I, I get really I get, I get antsy about this. The more they start making him seem like he's con, the more there's one giant glaring elephant in the room, which is the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch is not Indian. I think that here's what I think is gonna here's what I think is gonna happen. Now we've already established British colonies in India. They Brit, Britain was part of oh, India. Oh, you're not and, gonna write it off that but, way, are you? Come on. But no, I'm going to write it off as this, and and I've talked to my crazy Star Trek loving husband as well. Um, uh, he wants him to be Joaquin, which is Khan's right hand. I want it to be Khan's son, which would make a hell of a lot more sense because he had a very pale red-headed wife that he took with him when uh, Kirk set them up on the planet. But that, but that completely doesn't work in the timeline. The whole point it, is the, you're, you you're remember, working in a timeline that, does, that no longer exists. But that, why can't he jump timelines? It's already been done before. We don't know what the heck the deal is, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be a genetically um, enhanced con like person. I'm pretty he's sure he's probably gonna, gonna be, be of the, the Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's they're gonna be working in the eugenics wars uh storyline in here. And I think maybe it would be really cool if he was like a predecessor of of Khan, of if maybe like this is Khan's mentor, you know, down the line this will well, be Khan's this will be the man that started, maybe, well, because actually, see, that doesn't work either, because they say the eugenics wars were back in the <laughs> 1990s. Um, right, so that and, and, that's really where, and that's where they got kicked off of Earth in the Botany Bay was because of those eugenics wars. But the thing that no one's really mentioned yet is the fact that no one has seen Peter Weller in anything, and he's in this. So there is a very good chance that Peter Weller is con. And this guy is either his son or he's Joaquin. And Khan has, because Peter Weller looks more like an older, older Khan than, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. So it would be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I have faith in J.J. Abrams, so we'll see how it works out. Um, uh, so with that being said... We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy to just like stop trying to guess what it is because every time I try and guess what it is, I, I I keep coming up with reasons why that's not a good why it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than like disappoint myself, I'm just gonna wait and see if JJ can really pull a rabbit out of the hat because um, that's some very confusing timelines to try and deal with when you're trying to like retell. Some of those, some essentially what he's doing, he's retelling, you know, classic Trek, but he's just derailed the entire timeline. So how do you retell certain stories when well, the, that timeline doesn't even exist? Well, the, um, the comic books are doing it. Uh, 
I love the comics. They're retelling all the classic Trek episodes in that timeline that he's created. And they're oh, really, the movie, really... The movie Alternate Universe? Yes, and they're really good. The first one they did was the one of um, uh, Gary Mitchell. And that's why everyone knew that he wasn't Gary Mitchell. That was the big thing at first was he was Gary. No, that was the first issue of the comic book. They retold the Gary Mitchell story and it was brilliantly done. Understood that the comic book and the films won't be telling the same stories or something? They're canon. The the comics are canon to the movie universe. Okay. So that's why they, yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's why they're really they're really well written and really fun. I've actually started buying them off of iTunes because they're never in stock at the comic book stores. Um, but uh, they're really really good and I really enjoy them. So yeah, if, and and they're also doing the countdown to into darkness series right now, which is helping to set up where um, the the film starts off. Which they did this with the other one too, but um, they did a an intro to it with uh, telling the Spock storyline and. And the, the Romulan storyline. Uh, but this is, you should check them out. They're really cool. And they're really good artwork. I, I, I actually love them. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up before we run out of time. And this, Ren, you will be interested in. Um, I know you're a District 9 fan. And Charlton Copley, um, we, I just did a massive update to the website. And a lot of it was Charlton Copley news because he's everywhere. He's everywhere. And, is you're going to be copelead and you're going to be copelead hard and mm-hmm. something that a lot of people did not pick up on i don't think now a lot of people are all excited because the there is a um very freaky south african rave rap band called die antward um who oh, when God, I was, they are okay they are they're freaks. fantastic but venture with care because they are They're also very, very freaks. really messed up. Yeah. So they have been announced that they're playing themselves in a new, uh, in the new Neil Blomkamp sci-fi comedy called Chappie, which he had announced a little bit about at Comic-Con last year when I saw him. And there's really no sort of, you know, it's a sci-fi movie and it's a comedy. There's no real plot lines being talked about. It's just called Chappie. Well, something that no one else really noticed or talked about was on Facebook on Saturday, as of this airing last Saturday. Uh, Charlotte Copley announced Charlotte Copley is Chappie. So he's playing <laughs> the lead in this. And he put this on his Facebook page, but no one has said anything about it. Well, except for me. It's very, very curious, though, because we don't know that Chappie is a proper name. Chappie could be a descriptive term. Uh, no, it's the name of the character, the lead character. He said well, that fine. much. He said that no, much. He didn't so, say anything. He just said, I am Chappie. No, but Neil Blomkamp said that much, that the character oh. was named Chappie, that, that it well, follows this come character. Come on. So, but, on my but everyone is... So this is, you know... He's the lead, again, in a Neil Blomkamp movie. But the other part of this, this is the part that, Ren, you're going to enjoy, is the fact that Europa Report is actually going to be on um, on demand in June, and then it's going to get theatrical release in August. Excellent. Now, what I didn't know about Europa Report, which is the other sci-fi movie he's doing other than Elysium, which looks amazing, um, Europa Report actually was done in conjunction with NASA, SpaceX, JPL, and a bunch of other people in the scientific and um, astrophysics community. Oh, that's So it's cool. very... Yeah, I knew you'd love that. So it's coming out, like I said, on demand. And um, I didn't know that they had worked so closely with it. And so it's sort of like this hybrid. It's a documentary, alternative history, and um, also it's like a, a sort of a thriller in space kind of thing because it's the search for extraterrestrial life on Jupiter's moon Europa. And so that's coming out this year. He's going to be in that. He's going to be in Elysium. He's going to be in Maleficent. He's going to be in Old Boys, the bad guy. Uh, he's everywhere. So, like I said, Copley went away for a little bit after A-Team, but this is what he was doing during that time. 
So we're going to get a lot of Copley. And so, yes. yes, he is going to be the lead in Chappie, apparently, too. So he's going to be a busy dude. And I have no doubt that he's going to be at um, Comic-Con this year promoting the hell out of all this stuff. So I'm sure. yay, hopefully I can get an interview. Uh, I'm actually trying to work with, um, right now I'm, I'm working with Magnolia. I believe it's re- Magnolia releasing. Um is doing the uh, Europa report release. So I've asked them if we can possibly get an interview with them. So we'll Yay! see. Let's do that. Uh, I yeah, want to talk about why Europa is cool. I am like seriously resisting the urge to just rant about Europa for a second because Europa is cool. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if you want, um, and Rin, you might want to check this out too. Um, on our website, on fangirlmag.com, I posted the trailer for Europa Report as well as um, photos from the artwork that they had for the film. And it's some beautiful stuff, so you might want to check it out. Uh, I, have, the I, others... I saw the posts. I haven't seen the trailer yeah. yet because I was doing stuff. Yeah, and you can look up the website too. It was kind of neat they did for that. I think it's still up there. Um, they did some viral marketing where it looked like you could watch them on the space shuttle that they went up there in. So it was kind of neat. And the other thing I wanted to announce real quick before um, we leave you is next week we will be having um, our, our friend of the show, Mark Miller, will be joining us to talk about God, the universe, everything because he and Clive Barker have a new comic book series. Um, to Hell With You, I believe it was DC who um, nixed their original release because they said they own the name. Um, oh. But we have, yeah, they had to rename it. New name is The Next Testament. And it is a comic book series about basically God comes back and he's pissed at us because we jacked everything up, which is what we do. And uh, yeah, and it's done by Mark Miller and the master Clive Barker. And Mark's going to be on to talk to us about that, his new comic book series. He's right with Clive. I love you, Mark. Good boy. You make me proud. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, um, and we will um, also be back. I'll talk to you about what I thought of Iron Man 3. And by then, we'll have seen the awesome that is Eddie Izzard as a serial killer. And um, yeah, so that that's next week. But for this week's episode, we are done. I hope you enjoyed it. We're back. I'm not dead. Yay. Um, so Yay. yeah. Thanks, Ren. <laughs> and we'll I'm see pleased. you next week on Fangirl Radio. You're pleased? Are you pleased? I'm yes. not dead. It was yeah. a satisfactory result. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Bye.